Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Afterword. I'm Dave Tish. We are here talking about what we didn't get to talk about in the weekend message. And I'm here to share a little story. I want to start off by sharing a little story, but I'm afraid to share the story. I'm afraid to share it because as soon as I do, I'm going to reveal to all of you, oh, listener out there in listener world, just how old I am. And I am, let's be honest, I'm ancient. I, uh, I am marching toward death. That's <laughs> Anyway, uh, I'm going to tell a story about the second CD that I ever purchased. Compact disc. That's right. I'm going to talk about an archaic form of technology that no longer even really exists. Some of you Gen Zers and younger millennials are like, what's a CD? Wasn't music just always just streamed right to your phone instantly every song you ever wanted? No, it's not the way it worked. You wanted a song, you had to stay by the radio and then record it on a tape, or you had to buy the CD. And you couldn't just buy a song. No, you had to buy the whole stupid album, even though there was only one song that was good on the album. That's the way it worked. And that's the way it was, and we liked it. Okay, so if you're ever put into a game show, and the question is, what was Dave Tisch's first CD that he ever bought? It, it's a, a little unexpected. It was Run DMC's King of Rock. I'm the king of rock. There is none higher. Sucker MCs should call me sire. To burn my kingdom, you must use fire. I won't stop rocking till I retire. Love that album. Loved it. Memorized every word on it. Fantastic. Run DMC. Wanted to be in Run DMC. Thought my career path might take me to be an excellent MC. I, I'm not, turns out I'm not good at, at rap, although I do look good in Adidas and chains. Uh, I wear that often. The second CD I ever purchased was a movie soundtrack. It was a, a soundtrack from a movie for a film I could not even legally watch. It was for a rated R movie I did not see. I still to this day have not seen this film, although I know vaguely what it's out. It's the 1988 film Cocktail starring Tom Cruise. It is a terrible movie. It's a terrible movie. I haven't seen it still. I know it's terrible because Rotten Tomatoes has it rated at 9%. That is, that is abysmal. 9%. Sharknado gets better reviews from the audience than that. I mean, it's just terrible. But it had a killer, killer soundtrack. First of all, I had the incredible song Hippie Hippie Shake by the Georgia Satellites. For goodness sake. Loved this song. I can almost see Tom Cruise shaking up various mixed drinks and throwing them behind his back and catching them at some bar in Miami or wherever cocktail was set. I could almost see it in my mind's eye. Of course, the second song off this was the incredible masterpiece Kokomo by the Beach Boys. Aruba, Jamaica, ooh, I wanna take you. Bermuda, Bahama, come on, pretty mama. Unbelievable. Easily one of the Beach Boys' top 50 best songs. And then, of course, the other song, this is actually a, a, a number one hit in the U.S. Was it a number one hit? Let me see. This was a number one hit on the Billboard 100. It was a song by Bobby McFerrin, entirely a cappella, called simply, Don't Worry, Be Happy. In every life we have some trouble. But when you worry, you make it double. Don't worry. Be happy, don't worry, be happy. <laughs> You're welcome. 
First of all, great advice. Don't worry. Be happy. But not really practical advice. It's great advice, but it's it's not really practical. I think about that song sung by Mina the Elephant in the classic animated film Sing. Don't you worry about a thing. 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 Okay, look, I can't in good conscience just play a clip from an animated film of a song sung by Tori Kelly without giving proper homage to the original author, the original recording artist who not only wrote that song, but recorded it all the way back in 1973 off his album, Intervision, Stevie Wonder, the one, the only Stevie Wonder. Again, great advice, but not super practical. I mean, how are you supposed to do that? For those of us who are chronic worriers, how are we to get off the treadmill of worry? Well, I'm here with Lisa Averill. We're here to talk about that, but we're not here just to offer advice to tell you to stop worrying. We're actually going to go to Jesus's words where he tells us how to stop worrying and what does that look like so jesus gives us the same prescription as bobby mcferrin and the beach boys and stevie wonder and tori kelly and the remix that she put in the movie sing uh which is a good film animated film especially for little kids anyway uh it's the same advice don't worry don't worry but jesus tells us how we can actually get a grasp and get a handle and actually stop he gives us the practical help and the practical tools for how to do that and it's rooted in who his father is okay so lisa and i are going to talk about that so with that let's dive right in All right, you ready? Sure. This is good. Okay. Here in the studio with Lisa Averill. Lisa. Yes, Dave. Is this your first time on the podcast? I kind of think so. Um, maybe if I was before, I've like put it behind me, like to never <laughs> think about again. I don't know. And well, we've done so much. Good luck getting a, a invitation back, Lisa. With well, that, you know what? That's okay, Dave. <laughs> I get it. Uh, oh, that's man, funny. that's fun. So for those of you who don't know, Lisa, Lisa's had a million roles, but the most recent kinda one, like you. Yeah. Yeah. I guess both of us, yeah. both of us have moved around a lot. We have. Uh, you're the uh, campus pastor for the Saratoga campus. I and am. so, uh, but there's a million roles in there that you do. You meet with people, you help with coaching, spiritual direction. Um, you're actually a certified spiritual director. And that's, that's the thing that you do and have mm-hmm. done for years. Um, anything else you want to say about yourself? No, I don't <laughs> like talking about myself, Dave. <laughs> okay. Well, so this past week, we, um, you and I taught on a doozy of a passage. A doozy, yes. It's, it's a big a one. one. And it's about anxiety and worry. Now, first off, uh, just in general, Lisa, are you a worrier in general? Mm, that's are you, a great Are question. you a person who, like, do you, do you think that you worry more, less, or the same as other people out there, if you had to guess? Probably the same, okay. if I'm honest. I think I tend to have more of a disposition of trying to see the good and or the bright side and or, you know, where's God in this, quite honestly, try to try to move to that. 
But I have the same anxiety initially, right? Like that anybody else probably has about a lot of different situations and concerns. Yeah. Sure. Do you worry more or less than your husband, Mark? Oh, man, that's hard. Probably the same. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think we're both similar that way. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe, maybe more, actually, maybe more. Mark has this like ability to, I don't know, let things go maybe quicker than I do Uh, um, or maybe not let them draw um, him into it as much. And so I actually, that's a great question. I'll have to go back and affirm him in that because I really appreciate that as my husband Yeah, for being kind of that rock and stability for me. But I'm not an up and down. I'm like, not really. I'm pretty steady. Yeah. But I do have my moments of anxiety, that's for sure. It's interesting. Nicole, my wife, is a, a super detail-oriented person. Hmm. So, like, she'll wake up in the middle of the night and, like, have a thought and she'll have to journal it down Yeah. as a detail that needs to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. And she has this running list of details that need to be taken care of, like, at all times. I don't. <laughs> that's not how I operate. Do you make lists at all? No, I, I don't think I've really? ever. Really? I don't think I've I, I barely, I got in big trouble recently from Andy. He said, you never accept calendar invites. And that I'm like, is true. I will affirm that. And I'm like, Andy. Andy, you put it on my calendar. It's there on my calendar. I'm going to, sh- have I ever not shown up at a, at a meet? He's like, no, that's not the point. You have to accept so people know. And I'm like, yes. oh, so I started doing that. And now every time I do it, like people are like, <laughs> hallelujah. That's and right. Now I feel, I feel stupid. Anyway, so I'm not a detail oriented person. And that's, in, I guess, in that sense. No, but how do you honestly, like, this is, I know, going off topic just a little bit, but how do you remember everything? Like, if you don't write things down, like, how do you remember? Just well, wait till you get to be my age. I feel like, like if it's important enough, I'll either, somebody will remind me. So you need people to <laughs> remind you no. to push accept on no, the thing. Apparently, okay. yeah. So I, yeah. I, do, I do it a week at a time. So I, anyway, that okay. has not, so anyway, we're talking about, <laughs> let's get back to the text. The text is in Matthew 6, yeah. and it's a big one. Yeah. In fact, it has two huge ideas in it, I think. Okay. Um, and, and we're just going to say, you know, don't store for yourselves treasures in heaven. Uh, no, I'm sorry. do. No, sorry. <laughs> let, me, let me restate. Let's uh, back up. I just <laughs> misquoted. See, if you would look at it, if it was written down, Dave, you'd have it, but you're trying to recall. No, I'm, I'm sorry. Do not store for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy. Yeah. And where thieves break in and steal, but store it for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And then he goes on, Jesus goes on to say, no one can serve two masters. Either you'll hate one and love the other or you'll be devoted one and uh, despise the other. You can't serve both God and money. And then he marches into this diatribe about worry. He says, don't yeah. worry. And he says it like six times. Don't worry about this or this or this. Don't worry. Don't worry. Who can add... Um, even a single hour to your life by worrying. And then he says, um, so here's why you shouldn't worry. Um, you know, look at look at the birds of the air. They don't sow, they don't reap, they don't store away. Your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? If that's how God uh, clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith. Mm. And then he ends with seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And these things will be given to you as well. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough worry of its own. I think it's fascinating. Jesus starts with money. Uh, there's there's a tie here, I think, between money and worry. I think people, a lot of folks, mm-hmm. since the invention of coin and currency, have probably tried to mitigate worry and fear with the accumulation of money. Right? They yeah. think that money can solve it. Is, is that I think it gives us some feeling of control. 
you know, if something went wrong, we would be able to provide for ourselves. We would be able to, yeah, right? Yeah. So there's a security in that, yeah. maybe? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I, um, store In the word storing up mm-hmm. is, a, is this kind of word that means like hoarding. Yeah. And I think that that's what we try to do, but it, that's, that's kind of foolishness, right? Because we well, can't predict the future. Yeah. And I, I don't know about you. I'd be curious for you in your life. Do you feel like you actually are trying to hoard certain things or is it more of a, even a subconscious because of our culture? We don't even realize what we actually need versus what we want or what we think we need. Yeah. Uh, the, the word here that Jesus uses, he talks about the birds of the air, mm-hmm. which um, they don't reap or, or sow or store away. Those words imply like tremendous energy, like there's a freneticness to it. Yeah. And I do think when I'm at my worst, when I lose sight of God, I'm frenetic. Yeah. Um, I work really, really, really hard because I feel like, well, we talked about the three lies, right? Um, I yeah. don't have what I need. I'm all alone in this and all hope is lost. Yep. For, for me, it's a little bit uh, like I'm all alone. So it's a freneticness. Hmm. And I think that that's when I'm at my worst. I, I, I think that that's what's happening. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. If you had to pick one of those three, and I know in different circumstances in yeah. life, different ones come up, but which of those, I don't have something I need. I am all alone in this and all hope is lost. Which one do you fall into the most, do you think? Mm, that's a great question. I think I'm all alone in this, I, I which is folly because I'm, a, I mean, obviously they're all folly, but I think what I believe, the lie I believe to my core is that there are some people who are children of God that God really likes, mm. and I'm just not one of them. Wow. So he's got his favorites hmm. and, and yes, he'll provide in general, but I'm, I'm just tolerated by God. Uh, I'm tolerated. Where do you think that comes from? Well, I have my background, I think. Yeah. With the rejection and, you know, being a, being an adopted kid and, and feeling kind of rejected by my birth, uh, birth parents. And that, that's not even fair or true. It's just sure. how you kind of internalize it, you know? Yeah. So I think that idea of working really hard to mm-hmm. try to, um, and the world's hard, man. I mean, the world is the world's tough. So I, I think that that's probably the one. But you go to a great point because one of the things that anxiety does and worry does, and we just had a um, Stephen Cuss, who mm-hmm. is an author, he wrote a book called Managing Leadership Anxiety, which was tremendously helpful yeah. to me. So if you're out there and you suffer from anxiety in any way, and everyone does. Yeah. Because it's not, even though it's managing leadership anxiety, we're all leaders in some form. Yeah. So it's a, such a great book. It's for really, everybody. it should be called Managing Anxiety. Yeah. And everyone should have a copy. Right. Because, and I listened to the audiobook. He's, he's Australian. So it's got the, he's got it's the, got you know, an yeah. And that, that was, was not, that was not. Remember, was I only have one. <laughs> if this is George or Jane, we threw the wall. That's from, um, what is it? The movie, Disney movie with uh, Oliver and company or something. Man. Yeah. Did you want me to do it again? I, I do. If this is George or Jane, me to the wall. When I had to do like Kids Town Live and be like a character, I that's what I would always think of in my mind. And then I'd try to use that same So you're accent. not super great at accents? Not at all. Okay, me yeah. neither. Okay, so. Sorry, we digress. Uh, we digress. Um, so. Anyway, the idea of anxiety is that everyone deals with it in some capacity because yeah. anxiety is about the unknown, right? And then we also, we just to real quickly, we should talk about the difference between stress and anxiety. Yeah. So we were at a staff meeting and Jay kind of outlined this. I think this is really helpful. Stress is based in reality. It's something you can point to. Mm-hmm. It's concrete. It's things like you have taxes due on this day. Yeah. You have a test on Friday. Yep. The big employee review is next month. Yep. It's it's concrete. It's real. Mm-hmm. It's going to require something of you. And it usually means an increased load. 
and you're stressed about it because it's going to take something from you, right? It's yeah. going to be hard. And is that a bad thing or is that just no, a natural thing? No, it's just a real thing. It's real. There you go. So, but, you, and you can't get away from it because it's based in a real thing. Right. Right. Like my kids are going to college, my son's going to college next year. That's a stress, right? Yeah. But anxiety is different. Mm-hmm. Anxiety is vague. Yeah. It's, it's, it's always in the future. Or I think of even your kid going to college. I don't know if he's been accepted someplace yet, but there's that like, he won't be. No, you no, know? no. Like we'll those kind of like. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. Here. So anxiety is based in the future. It's vague usually. It's always bad. Yeah. And anxiety doesn't want you to examine it too closely. It's mm-hmm. just this kind of undergirding of dread and fear. Yeah. It's like you're experiencing failure or afraid of failure in the future that hasn't even come yet. Mm-hmm. It's based almost entirely on false assumptions. Yeah. And the reactive impulse that anxiety has is frenetic work. Yeah. Um, there's an author named Douglas Birch who says, um, he, he, he wrote, my anxiety is a false prophet predicting outcomes that never happen, consistently pre- preparing me for a future that will never arrive. Yeah. And that's the kind of idea. And so one of the gifts of Stephen Cuss's book is to say, look, you all have anxiety. Or stress. Or Well, no. Or both. Uh, yeah. St- because stress is stress. You know, yeah. like the test isn't going to go away and taxes aren't going to go away. Yep. And that employee thing, that, that project at work, it's due. It's yep. a thing. You have to get it done. But anxiety is catastrophizing. So, yeah. for example, we, my son's going away to college. The, the That's a stress. Mm-hmm. So we have to submit all the applications and submit all the... FAFSA and financial aid. That's, that's a, that's a thing. Yeah. We have to do that. Yeah. But the anxiety is it's not going to work. Yep. He's not going to get accepted anywhere. Mm. We're going to, there's not going to be enough money. He won't be able to, he'll yeah. fail at school. He'll go to a terrible school. He'll go to a school that's so badly fitted for him that he'll, yeah, you know, whatever. That's yeah. false anxiety. Yeah. And so what Stephen Cuss is trying to say is um, Part of anxiety, getting a hold of anxiety, is stepping off the treadmill of anxiety and staring at it. So naming mm-hmm. it. And I think that's what this verse is encouraging us to do is, is don't stop. Just stop. Mm. Think about what you're worried about. Name it. Mm-hmm. That's like 50% of it. Mm-hmm. Bring it to God. Bring God in it. Yeah. Remember who God is, mm-hmm. what kind of father he is. Yeah. And Jesus is like, if he cares for the birds, the swallows, these worthless creatures comparatively, he'll, he'll care for you. Uh, and stop. And that has been so helpful. Like mm-hmm. 50% is getting off the treadmill. 25% is naming what I'm actually anxious about. Another, And the last 25 is bringing it to God and letting him speak yeah. into that. And don't you think if we could just start with the last 25% first, right? seek first and we have to the seek is an action word right yeah. and first is when we do it like first if we wouldn't be on the treadmill as much yeah you know yeah well it's allowed me to stop and take you know owner or you know take take stock of what my fears are yeah you know? so it's been helpful yeah um what a, like what kind of things um you do a lot of spiritual direction do you see i mean do you see a lot of fear and anxiety in, in, in folks? And, and what is it typically around? Is it, yeah. does, that, does that definition of anxiety line up with your experience of how people experience it? Oh, 100%. 100%. And it's just the ordinary things of life. Just like you said, in your season, it's kids in college. Um, in my season, it's retirement. They're looking at their you know, portfolios and it's dropping. And you're like, God, uh, hello. Like I was planning on living off this and it's like decreasing rapidly. Um, and I just think relationships, I mean, you think about your own life, every single compartment, if you were compartmentalizing your life, 
there's worry. There's, there's opportunity for anxiety. So it's a definitely a real thing. I think coming out of COVID has oh, just yeah. like multiplied it. Um, I think a lot of people are isolated. Um, well, the news catastrophizes too. So yeah. I mean, oh there's goodness. so much, so yeah. much. It's not like, you know, everything's probably going to be okay. Yeah. You don't see that headline a yeah. whole lot. So but you just know our, what, our diet. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what is, is such a gift um, and an honor for me in spiritual direction. Basically what spiritual direction is, is just creating space for people to seek first, right? Like to, to sit with God and, okay, God, here's the situation. Like I, I desire to hear from you. Give me discernment. And so just sitting with someone with God as the focus, what's God's invitation to you in this Dave or yeah. Lisa or whatever. Yeah. And that's, I think a big thing. Like we don't take time to slow down yeah. and to seek God. Yeah. Cause I don't think you can seek God. Well, and this is the whole, you can't serve two masters. The one master is God. If you can't serve two, then that means only one. So you're either serving God or you're not. Yeah, and you're serving yeah. the master of money or self or yeah, whatever it might I be. Mean, yeah, no, that's blank. good. No, that's good. And the word master implies if it's a bad master, it's going to lead to slavery. Yep. This is the subtle warning. Yeah. And I think that that the that's the that's the key here. Yeah. It's Jesus is warning us, don't serve this. Yeah. It's a bad master it'll lead to slavery yeah and i think i've been a victim to that i've been mm -hmm. a victim to the bad slavery of anxiety and worry a and what's interesting too is underneath anxiety are lies and and yeah. this goes back to kind of the unseen just the idea that satan is a liar and yeah. that's his primary mechanism and tactic is lies uh, think about underneath so much anxiety it's God's, you know, what, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't ha have something I need. I'm in it all alone and all hope is lost. And, yeah. and the counteracting of those mm -hmm. is God sees, he knows, he cares and he provides. Right. And with the umbrella of that, he is with us. Yeah. I mean, all that. Goodness. Yeah. 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 And, and so it's just been such a helpful um, technique to name my anxiety. Mm-hmm. To like look at the assumptions underneath it, right? Yeah. And then say, okay, God, let, let's do some work. What's the truth in this? Yeah. And then what what I find is it's not just sort of lies. It's not just like partial lies or partial truth. They're like 180 degree lies. They're yeah. like completely nonsense. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I totally know what you mean. And we've bought into it because the world tells us those two, right? Yeah. Because it's striving for more. Yeah. And thus can't you can't serve God and money and or other things that you want more of. More time, yeah. you know, less pressure. I don't know, whatever yeah. the more is that you so want. So how do you help people get out of anxiety with this with 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 in general when you talk to them when they when they yeah. say at least I'm really worried about so first of all it's listening to what they're worried about. Yeah. And it will leak out of people. This is what I've learned. It mm -hmm. will leak out of people because they're dying to tell you, right? Yeah. And then what do you how do you help people? If somebody's out there is like Lisa I have low or Dave. <laughs> I have yeah, low. Let's use you as I have low grade anxiety. Now that you say it, I think I am anxious. Mm -hmm. I have a dread. How would you help them um, get out of that? Yeah. Well, I would just say, good for you for recognizing it. First of all, I think many people don't recognize. They just live with it and think it's normal. For me, as a spiritual director, I think it's always what is God's invitation to you in that. So as you think about where is God in that situation, whatever you're feeling the anxiety about, like really taking time to unpack that because he's there. 
He is absolutely there. If you're a Christ follower, he is there. And it's he's looking at you. It's you that have turned, right? And I don't think in a bad way. I think we're just, we're human. We just, you know, get caught up in whatever it is that's there. So yeah, yeah. I think the quicker we can recognize, and for me, Dave, a lot of times it's a physical in my body. Like I feel a tightness in my oh. gut, right? Like yeah, I yeah. have a literal like anxiety kind of feeling or that kind of panic feeling, yeah. if that makes sense. Yes. And it's probably different for everyone. And it's different depending on the But trying to pay attention to the physiological yep. aspects of it, yeah. Yep. And so when you notice it, like the quicker we can stop and breathe, like take mm-hmm. a breath and like, oh my goodness, okay, God. This is how I'm feeling. Um, what are you trying to say to me in yeah. this? And what, remind me of what I know to yeah. be truth. What is the lie in it? Yeah. Because, I mean, even if let's Which say- Which means I, you kind of got to name it. You've yeah. got to be honest about, yeah. okay, what am I afraid? What What's going on here? So I've got an example. Honestly, like we just talked about joking about people my age, you know, heading towards retirement in a few years and stuff. We're in a crazy place with the economy, right? And- there really is like, okay, Lisa, like, don't worry about it. God will provide. But like, as I'm opening my statements each month and I'm seeing literally like a large amount of money not being there. So how do I, what, what, like, does it actually look like? So I have to go back to, you know what? God is faithful to provide for my needs. Um, Am I faithful in, and it doesn't mean I don't give to it anymore or that I just hoard it and take it out and put it under my mattress. It's like, no, I'm going to trust that, you know, eight, 10 years from now, whenever I retire, God's got me. Do I believe that God's got me? Mm -hmm. Honest, like, and, and that's a question that it's okay to say I don't, right? Like, I think that's for some people. They feel like they can't question God, you know, then they don't even ask the question. But I feel like in addressing the question, that's where the anxiety loosens. That's where the the grip of the enemy loosens. And when I remind myself, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, that's like, you know, his mindset. What's most important in life? You know, what am I giving towards? But beyond that, his righteousness, like I want his character and Christ-like character is trust. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and not trusting in self, but trusting in him. And worst case scenario, you know, I mean, we lose everything. I believe God is still there with us. I believe we'll get by day by day. You know, I mean, yeah. I think this if we're trying to um, be more like Christ, you know, we'll never be Christ. But that it means take up your cross daily and follow me. That That's like sacrifice. It's trust. It's not my will, but yours, you know, all those things. And when I can remind myself of that, that grip loosens. And quite honestly, what seemed so big and so overwhelming has been deflated to what it truly is, is a stress. Sure. Yeah. My account is going down. That's reality. But you know what? I've projected worst case scenario. And Who's to say God wouldn't bless in some abundant way so that I could bless others, you know? So it's, it's choice. Yeah. It's a choice to seek and to seek him first. And I don't do it well all the time by any means, but uh, you know, the, the benefit you and I have of teaching things like this is it goes deep in us and all of our yeah. study. And um, I don't know about you, but God's been hitting me in the last few weeks as I've been putting this talk together with high anxiety about things. Yeah. This, you know, um, scarcity of time like the clock's ticking and I haven't finished and wrapped up yet what I was gonna you know what it was gonna look like and yet God provided just time after time after time unexpected time and in unexpected ways 
And so I had to remind myself when I sensed that like scarcity of time, like this is due. My no, my yeah. slides are due. Yeah. My <clears throat> I get clenched. I can feel. I can feel it. I can almost feel like as you're talking. There, I mean, and everyone out there probably has this. Um, and I, I think that that's the invitation. I, I love how you said, um, you know, trust. Jesus says, "You have little faith." Yeah. And that word, and we've done a ton of study on this. Is this? It's a Greek word, pistis, which. Um, it's like two sides of a coin. One's trust, and the other side is loyalty. Mm. Or some people mm-hmm. use the word allegiance. Uh, I, I like allegiance because it reminds me I have a king, but some people don't like that. Yeah. Um, but trust in the character of God. But then it's not just mental assent. On the other side, it's like yeah. loyalty and and belief. That's in action, God. then, right? Yeah. It's, like we it, have to work it out. It's both, right? Yeah. It's, so yeah. it's two sides of the same coin, and I think that's what Jesus is inviting us into. Yeah. His Father's good. And then he gives these three ridiculous examples, flowers, mm-hmm. birds, and then grass. I mean, just almost like worthless. Although I like flowers and sure. birds, but the grass. But, yeah, no, it's not flowers. It's wildflowers. I know. So it's like out there so in nature. Yeah. And, God, and, and what Jesus is saying is like, look, if he takes care of them, yeah. how much more so? Right? How much more so? Yeah. And so. they do very little work. And, <laughs> yeah. the, and we're just striving, striving, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. We're seeking after yeah. rather than, and we're storing up. And he's just like, hey, yeah. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. All right, so uh, Lisa, help with this. Let's say there's somebody out there, and we're just going to take a second. We we invited people in the in the message mm-hmm. to just stop, yeah, and to reflect. What are you What are you anxious about? What are you worried about? And there are some people for whom worry is a constant companion. Yeah, it just is, and it's it's hard. It's a difficult invitation. So as we go into that, like, what could you do us a favor and just like kind of pray for those folks who are, who are deep in worry. Yeah. Uh, and just, and if that's you out there, if you're listening, wherever mm-hmm. you are, take a second. And if, if worry is a constant companion, take a second to get off the treadmill, mm-hmm. stare at it. What are you worried about? What's the assumption underneath the worry? And then if you could just pray for folks yeah, as they, uh, cause yeah. I mean, this is what, Jesus is inviting us into, right? Yeah. Trust, trust the Father. So yeah, why, don't definitely. You pray, why don't you pray and then we'll, we'll go. Lord, I, I just thank you so much for your grace in our lives. Um, I don't know when people are listening to this, God. It may be a few days after our sermon or it may be a few months after, but I can guarantee that all of us, anxiety, worry, have creeped up again. And so, God, I pray in the same way that you are gracious with us, would we be gracious with ourselves? And when we get those feelings, when we feel that clenching or that pit in our stomach, God, that it would be an instant reminder that you want to carry those things, Lord, that you want us to trust you and to put our loyalty um, in what we know to be true. And that, God, you want us to, in essence, surrender and to say, you know what, enough of me trying to solve or control, um, but God, I give it to you knowing that you are good and that you do provide, Lord, that you see, you hear, you know, you care, and most of all, God, that you are with us. Um, Lord, I do pray for those that are carrying really heavy things, and it just feels like at every turn there's something. And, Lord, it's easy. We're human to get weary. So I pray for those that are weary with the burden that is so um, large. God, I pray that they would daily and sometimes hourly, be able to sense your presence and your love for them. Lord, that they would know that you haven't lost sight of them and that you are right there with them, God. And I pray for um, us in the area also of how money can be um, a God. 
Lord, and it manifests itself in so many different ways. I, I think of, um, Lord, your calling for us to give you first and foremost um, to you and the opportunities, Lord, that we have even here at Westgate with giving good coming up, Lord, and so many ways to have a kingdom mindset in how we use our finances. And Lord, we thank you that money is not bad. Lord, um, and you've blessed so many people with it so that they can give for your kingdom purposes and to bless others. Um, But Lord, help us to examine our hearts on a regular basis and those times that we're feeling anxious about what we don't have and not enough of. Uh, Lord, help us to put it in perspective. Help us to know um, what is a normal stress and what is anxiety and we're looking to something and someone else rather than you uh, for a sense of peace. So Thanks, Lord, for um, just your love for us, despite us at times. Um, Lord, again, just um, go before us. May we seek you wholeheartedly, and may we seek you first. Oh, Lord, how it would get us off the treadmill. May we reverse that 25% at the end and make it the 25 at the at the beginning and, and get off the treadmill because um, we've put you first. Um, Lord, we love you. Thanks for... Um, loving us so well and caring for us so well. We're forever grateful. Thank you for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good stuff. All right. Well, thank you, Lisa. And thanks for delving into this. And we're going to come back to this topic because Jesus deals with it again. Yep. Trust of the father is a big deal for Jesus. He's going to keep um, shooting that arrow and try to get get through to us. So thanks. Yeah. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. All right. Talk to you soon. Ada. Adios. That's Spanish for goodbye. Just wanted you to know. <laughs> Aloha. That is too in Hawaiian, I think. See, okay. That's all I know. <laughs> we'll stop right there. Just want to say thanks to Lisa Averill for stopping by. Lisa, always great to talk to you. Thanks so much for stopping by. Join us next week where we're going to be talking about what it means to judge others. Yeah, that's Jesus's harsh words about what it means to judge and why we should not and why judging actually destroys us in our soul and why it actually puts up a barrier between us and God. We're going to get into that. So join us for that next week. That's a fun topic. And if you don't, if you don't join us, well, I'm going to look down my nose at you because, oh wait, oh man, I'm judging. Dang it. See, I need to listen to next week's message and learn from it. Okay. We'll see you next week.